Welcome to the Traveling Image Makers Podcast, your source of inspiration about travel photography. Now sit back, relax, and enjoy the ride as we bring you on a tour around the world with our guests. Hello and greetings from Chef Shao in Morocco. This is Ralph Velasco of the Traveling Image Makers Podcast, back with episode number 76. In this episode, I interview a very good friend of mine, Lithuanian guide and photographer Orinta Labutite. As you'll find out, I met Orinta while scouting for my Capitals of the Baltics trip a few years ago, when she was assigned to me to be my local guide, and ever since then we've worked together. Orinta is a licensed freelance guide in Lithuania, as well as a very good travel photographer in her own right, which is always an added bonus when it comes to organizing my trips. It's such a luxury to have a guide who truly understands photography and photographers. Along with working as a project manager for the Vilnius Convention Bureau and being a guide and fixer for other photographers like myself, as well as private clients, Orinta has guided several of her own trips to Turkey and four trips to Iran, which to me as an American is extremely impressive. Well, there's much more to follow, so let's get right into the episode. Welcome to the show, Orinta. Welcome. Thank you very much. Great. Well, uh, why don't we get right into it and uh, tell us a little bit about yourself and the steps that led to your becoming an expert on travel to Lithuania and beyond. Well, hello once again, everyone. I'm a tour guide here in Vilnius and photographer. Well, even though I'm calling myself, I'm a tour photographer. I'm working um, not only with tourists, but also with tourist photographers who are coming here to Vilnius for a couple of days, like you, with your group. And I just had my pleasure to work this Monday with the Turkish photographers, who is one of photographers in National Geographic, and as well as many other ones. For example, like one of the best movies photographer from Iran. So the tourist office, when uh, these photographers are coming to Vilnius and Lithuania, the tourist office is seeking you out specifically because of your photography background and your knowledge of Vilnius and beyond. Is that right? Yeah, is that, it's really right because um, not so many tour guides, photographers are here in Vilnius. So I'm really lucky um, because I'm in photography a little bit more than 12 years. And, you know, guiding knowledge and photography is like a combination. The one now is quite perfect for me. Me. Yeah, and, and you were assigned to me uh, about a year, year and a half ago when I first started scouting the Baltics, which for those of our listeners who aren't aware, uh, that includes Lithuania, Latvia, and Estonia. And for our specific Vilnius and Lithuania part, you were assigned to, to me to help me scout this area. And uh, so I really appreciated your local knowledge and helping me to get in the right place at the right time and pointing out off the beaten path locations here in Vilnius specifically, where we spent the majority of our time. And then we, when we brought our group back, it was uh, really great to get them out and to show them a lot of the 
the uh, areas that they probably wouldn't have found on their own because they did have a lot of free time and uh, we were able to get them to some places that they wouldn't have found on their own, which is uh, a really a special treat, wouldn't you say? Yeah, I agree with you because usually foreigners are just visiting, you know, the most popular places just marked somewhere in any guiding book. But usually they are forgetting just to visit a little bit to the sites where is the most interesting. So without a person, without a local person, it would be quite difficult to find it for sure. Right, and we're going to get into more specific information like that because I want to make sure that our listeners uh, have an idea of some of your suggestions for off-the-beaten-path locations, specifically here in Vilnius. Uh, but for now, uh, tell me what you think are the best qualities of a local guide. Uh, you see, local guide, first of all, has to love his job. His her job uh, he or she must have passion in it. And it's not enough just to show how good you are in geography or history and just to pour all the facts and dates. I think it has to be a kind of combination of love, admiration, knowledge, proud, just general huge wish to show people, to tell them that they would feel the same as a guide is feeling about the city. Well, you certainly are able to convey that passion of your country and your city to uh, to our guests when they were here uh, a week or so ago, and uh, they made that point very clear that they uh, they really appreciated the fact of how passionate you are about this place. Uh, you wanted to make sure that they saw everything, uh, that they had all the information that they need, but yet you understood that. Photographers, I say that photographers are harder than herding kittens. <laughs> yeah, you're right. <laughs> and so uh, you understand that uh, they want some local expertise about the uh, you know dates and the different dynasties and kingdoms here. But uh, the idea is to get them in the right place at the right time and then to sort of let them go and continue on. Um, how has your job changed over the years uh, since you've been a guide, has it? Of course it's changed. I got more knowledge. Um, I met more new people um, from them. One, I learned a lot, and of course they learned from me as well. So it was like an you know, exchange of knowledge. Um, so I just became rich, let's say, like that. Sure, so uh, you're just constantly learning and trying to pass that information on to your guests, I imagine. Yeah, you know, it's like as every person is bringing something new for me, so I'm giving something what I knew from others and what I had inside myself, so it's like exchange. And I'm always doing my best to show people because I know that they have so short time here and they have to see as much as they can. Well, that makes a lot of sense. And, uh, you know, speaking of the destination specifically, uh, what are some of your favorite locations here in Vilnius? Definitely the old town. I just love it so much, you know, especially in early summertime mornings uh, when streets are empty and so quiet. Which is the time of year that we're here or that I'm here right now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you could come a bit, how to say, even earlier in the morning. 
we can get up early all the time and but also not only mornings uh, in the evening is very beautiful but it's different and lots of people there uh you know why morning is so specific because no one is disturbing you you just can observe by your own you can just feel the the rhythm of the city um vilnius is called magnetic city by many people and they love to come back to vilnius it affects it really affects uh, and I know that one woman from your group was affected by Vilnius so much. And she said, like, I never felt anywhere in the world like I'm feeling in Vilnius. She was touched by Vilnius. Oh, that's wonderful. Yeah, and we uh, we were getting out fairly early. Uh, we tried to get out after breakfast about 8 o'clock. So certainly could have gotten out earlier. But uh, I always say that... Uh, Full bellies and empty bladders make for happy clients, so I like to get out after breakfast. And so about 8 o'clock we would go out, maybe from 8 to 12, and we would have the place to ourselves pretty much from about 8 till 10, and then you'd start to see the other tourists. And uh, I don't think we saw too many uh, tourists from the United States, but certainly there's a lot of European tourists. And uh, the word is out amongst the Europeans that this is a wonderful destination. It's uh, fairly inexpensive by uh, the rest of Europe and, and United States standards. Uh, it's a bit off the beaten path. Um, you know, why do you suppose it is that uh, you know the Baltics and Lithuania specifically maybe aren't on people's radar as much as uh, you would like? Any idea? Why I would like people to come to Lithuania, I mean. Yeah, I mean, why do you suppose that uh, that people just don't know about it, at least in the United States? Uh, it's, uh, you know, they're, they're aware of Tuscany and Provence and the bigger named regions. But uh, this area, I mean, just from its history is fairly new, wouldn't you say, as far as breaking away from the Soviet Union? Yeah, it's true as well. One 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 reality is like that. That many are still thinking that we are still Russia. We are speaking Russian, you know. That there are so many legends about Lithuania, even which is sometimes is crazy a little bit for Lithuanians once we hear foreigners are speaking about. Um, you know, one of such legends that here are still wild people are wearing fur hats and eating horse or bear meat. Or that's a country in Africa where people sit around the bonfire and drinking vodka like water and still are bright mind. Or, for example, like our shops are empty and we don't have sugar flour toilet paper. And this was actually from our neighbors on the other side of the Baltic Sea, from Sweden, for example. Of course, the situation was here during an economical blockade, but... It's not like that now, and you saw yourself. Or, for example, one of the most funny legends about Lithuania, imagine, that we are producing the most tasty pork milk cheese. <laughs> pork milk cheese. <laughs> yeah, or there's nothing to see, there's nothing to eat, that we don't have anything. Um, or just Lithuanians inside Russia or inside Ukraine with capital Riga. Well, Riga is the capital of Latvia. Or many just mixing, as you said, Baltics with Balkans. Uh-huh. Well, this is just lack of geographical and historical knowledge. And I think 
simple interest to type Lithuania in Google search. Yeah, well, it's a, it's a misconception that many have, and it's, uh, you know, the media, and we saw it, you know, 20, 30 years ago that, uh, you know, perhaps the, that the infrastructure wasn't here and the shops were more empty, but nowadays uh, it's the opposite. There, there's wonderful boutique hotels, great roads, uh, we use really nice vans, uh, the people are fantastic. Uh, there's great food. Uh, I think the best beer in the world is here in Lithuania. So uh, it's the opposite as far as uh, what the misconception is. There's everything here. And uh, it's just a, a wonderful region of the world that I'm glad that I discovered just about a year and a half ago. Yeah, you know, there are many people, uh, many Lithuanians abroad, especially in the United States and Australia, well, I'm from Chicago, and you told me that the what is it the second largest population of Lithuanians? Oh, yes. is in Chicago, right? Just yes, you're just right. like uh, uh, the the Polish population is the same. Yeah. So that's uh, very interesting, and I have a feeling that it, it it has to do with the fact that the climate is fairly similar, and um, that that's uh, you know part of Chicago that I'm going to want to seek out is that Lithuanian. Uh, area of Chicago, and uh, I'm hoping that they have the same kind of beer there. <laughs> you should find. I'm sure you should find over there as well. <laughs> um, you know, back to photography. What are you doing to try to continue to improve your photography skills over time? Um, I'm reading. I'm reading. I'm trying to follow as much as I can, you know, photographies itself. I'm not following one particular photographer as a person because there are so many of them today in the world that it's physically impossible to to follow, you know, all of them and to see all of their pictures and to select that this is the best one I want to follow. Um, I would say maybe I'm following groups. I love to follow um, travel photography groups. And you're very active on Facebook, I know, and you belong to some some clubs here in yes. Lithuania and Vilnius as well. Tell us a little bit about that. Well, I belong to Photo Express Association. We do have um, exhibitions. We are having workshops, meetings, where we are just learning from each other. We are criticizing each other. We are competing with each other, but but it's the best place, I mean, to grow as a photographer because it's not so easy here just to get some um, information from other photographers because each of them is so envy. There's a lot of competition, you mean? Exactly. It's a very big competition, you know, among each other. And they are not telling secrets how to do or about techniques, about anything. So I'm just lucky to be a member of this great uh, association where we are just sharing with each other. And we're reaching quite nice results. We're making uh, exhibitions not only in Lithuania but also abroad, which is great. Now, you've got a lot of experience uh, in Turkey. You've been yes. to, what, Istanbul six times, I think you told me? Yes, six times in Istanbul. I'm walking in Istanbul the same as I walk in Vilnius. 
you know it just as well. Yes, I know it just as well. It's an amazing place, especially for photographers. What is it that you love about Istanbul? Um, old city, of course. Old area, the Golden Horn. Many things to still to shoot. So for photographers, really should go to Istanbul for any kind of photography. Now, tell us, too, about Iran. You've had the unique experience, at least by U.S. standards, of having been to Iran four times now. Is that right? Yes, I've been there four times. Tell us about that. That sounds like an amazing culture and place to photograph. What do we need to see there? Yeah, you know, Iran or Persia. Persia has a better name than Iran among people. And especially when you see Iran, everyone imagines immediately topics from the media and usually it's let's say negative aspect and when you see Persia and these who are good in history just immediately see wow great culture great history how I'm envied to you that you were there and in reality yeah this country has a very rich history rich culture rich cuisine huge variety of people with their own traditions it's just a huge mix of everything. Now, you uh, have led groups there because uh, yes. you lead tours yourself yes, as well. And you've led several tours there. And, uh, and when you say Persia, you're, you're referring to the… Ancient, um, ancient Persia, yes. Mm -hmm. Of course, with today's aspects like, well, Iran, you know. But I'm trying to find, to discover this ancient um, architecture, culture, traditions. Now, obviously, as a Lithuanian, it's much easier for you to travel there than it would be for a U.S. citizen. Uh, tell us about some of the cultural aspects of travel there, especially for women. Well, there's only one difference. Women have to wear a scarf, you know. Um, they have to wear longer clothes, especially not um, covering, you know, lo lower part of body. So it's about um, modesty and yeah, it's modesty is a must. Actually, I think in every Islamic country, if you go, modesty is something. It's a must. And when you travel to such country, you you respect their traditions. I mean, you are not facing any problem at all. You're just then enjoying every minute you're spending there with beautiful nature, fantastic real landscape. It's so different in each region and fantastic architecture. This is something, you know, each photographer's eyes will be happy every time if they see it. It's really paradise for photographers, I can say in, in, in short yeah, it's certainly a place that I would love to get to sometime. Um, I know you're showing me some video and pictures the other day, and uh, it looks like there, the conditions are a little bit different than what we see in Europe and some other uh, Western countries. Uh, you're typically eating while sitting on the floor. Yeah. Is that right? Yeah, you know, because everywhere you go in Europe <clears throat> or in Western world, you'll get the same. I mean, there is no difference anymore. Mm -hmm. Like if you go to markets, if you go to supermarkets, if you walk in the streets, coffee can be the same. Food is international. Um, 
beds are almost also the same. So you're looking for something different, what you don't have, what you cannot find so easily, let's say, in Europe or in the Western world. So I'm always looking for something traditional, something what we don't have here. And this eating on like locals, with locals, um, trying to be like them, sometimes really funny for for them and it's it's not so maybe comfortable for us Mm, but it's a nice experience and no one from my group was complaining about for example five nights sleeping on on small mattresses on the floor like locals because they knew where they were going and they were telling me after a week of spending in the biggest uh, Persian Gulf Island Cashm that, you know, we would love to stay here two more weeks instead of going to continental Iran. Because you're saying that in uh, some parts of the country, you're actually sleeping on floor mats on the floor. Yeah, so that's something, too, that would be different than we're used to. Because like you say, uh, you know, sort of around the world, things are starting to get very homogeneous and people are picking up each other's cultural... Uh, the aspects of culture from other countries, and so it's hard to find those those major differences uh, like this. So I think that's uh, definitely an interesting uh, thing to consider. Uh, back to Lithuania, because I really want to uh, talk about this part of the world. Um, you know, what are some other reasons that people should travel to Lithuania? What are some other you know, outside of Vilnius? Because I do want to get back to parts of Vilnius that you think are off the beaten path that people need to visit, but what are a few other highlights of the country itself? Well, you know, there are many reasons um, why people should come to Lithuania. Um, First of all, because many people already visited many well-known countries in the world, but still well, they didn't discover these uh, three small Baltic countries, well, Lithuania, Latvia, and Estonia. So where outside of Vilnius should people visit within Lithuania? Um, definitely the seaside. Why? Our, our Koronian spit, first of all, it is protected by UNESCO. If UNESCO is taking care, so it means it's something unique. Okay, what about Trakai? That's a town that we visit. Yeah, Trakai is uh, um, mostly visited by 80% of Vilnius visitors. Because it's yeah, very Trakai close. Yeah, Trakai is unique. Yeah, exactly, because it's very close, and Trakai is unique because there are living um, ethnic minority, one very small ethnic minority in the world, Karayims. Also, because we have the only medieval castle in Ireland. In all Europe. So it's actually a medieval castle that's on an island within a lake or a system of lakes. And it's just about 45 minutes outside of Vilnius. So it would be considered sort of a summer place for people to visit in the summer. Yes, all people are on the weekends. Even though they are local, they are going there because of amazing nature, lakes, forests. They have, there's uh, boating and they have summer homes there and wonderful exactly. restaurants. And it's, uh, yes, it's just to relax, to swim in the lake, to fish in the lake, to go to the forest, to pick up mushrooms, to pick up berries. 
and you don't have to pay for it. Yeah, except for the mushrooms and berries, I think <laughs> I would consider it uh, something of a Lake Geneva with regards to Chicago. <laughs> uh, we have an area outside of Chicago called Lake Geneva that uh, people have summer homes and they go there and they uh, spend time with family and friends. Um, what are some of the subjects or categories that people should focus on when photographing in Lithuania? Landscape. Beautiful Ar landscapes, yeah. Architecture, especially Vilnius. Well, you know, Vilnius is called Northern Baroque Pearl. I'm sorry, what? The Pearl of Northern Baroque. Okay. Yeah. Also traditional Baltic festivals, religious festivals, the ones you saw. Streets, buildings, cultural events. Now, last night we went out and we did some uh, evening photography because the days are very long at this time of year, and we're talking early June. Um, sunrise is around 4 o'clock in the morning and sunset about 10.30 or 11 at night. Yeah. Uh, so we were out and photographing along the, the river, and uh, we had some beautiful light. So when you talk about landscapes, I could see that and the architecture. There's a lot of different styles of architecture here. Um, tell us about the the, the Jewish quarter, uh, different parts of town, because I think those are uh, parts that maybe aren't high on people's list to to get to. But boy, does Vilnius have an interesting history with regard to the Jewish people. Yeah, it's very interesting. Just um, not so many, um, maybe authentic buildings you can find it for today. Of course, because of the changes, because of the war. Um, but we are proud that we still have these two Jewish quarters, the small uh, part. The one used to be called the small ghetto and the large ghetto. So you still can find specific photographical like points. Uh, really Jewish, I could call like that. And today we actually visited the Holocaust Museum, which is right around the corner from where I'm staying. Yeah. And uh, I think we read that there was over 220,000 Jews in uh, Lithuania back before the war, and that 90% of them were uh, exterminated. Is that right? Do I have my figures right? Yeah, it's true. It's true. That's uh um, what are uh, a few other non-photographic highlights that people need to think about in Lithuania? Um, different food. The food. Wonderful. Tell yes. us a little bit about the food. I know that you enjoy cooking. Yes. Sir. Tell us a little bit about the food here. You know, our food, our cuisine is affected by German and Scandinavian cuisine, so... We have our food, um, very simple. If I talk about traditional meals, very simple. Um, lots of dishes are from potatoes, but potatoes came to Lithuania in the 17th century. Um, beer, you tasted it? Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So mostly foreigners are just trying to discover our food, especially by playing with pink soup. Mm. Trying to, to guess why it is pink, and sometimes they're calling it Barbie soup. <laughs> or just trying to, 
to guess in general how can it be or just afraid to touch it. Tell us what the ingredients are because yeah, that's one of my favorite foods very, here. It's very, very easy. You just need cucumbers, dill, spring onion, marinated uh, beetroots, mm, milk. Sour cream. Or sour cream or just kefir. Kefir is like fermented milk. Or it's like, let's say, similar to yogurt, natural yogurt. Yeah, so you're just mixing it everything, then adding a bit of salt, and you can serve with hot potatoes and also um, boiled egg. And it's very photogenic, I'll tell you that. <laughs> it's very photogenic, it's very refreshing, very filling soup for summer days. And you should emphasize that it's served cold. Uh, it is cold, yeah. Yep. And the pink color just comes from red beetroots yeah. if you mix it with white milk. Yeah, it's it's absolutely wonderful and one of my favorite foods and the the thing that I probably look forward to most after the beer. Uh, um. Yeah, <laughs> other things you know, non photographic highlights probably would be a variety of leisure activities. Uh, lots of foreigners they do not expect to find so many um, different activities offered here. Cultural events for any kind of taste. Starting with sport, finishing with the highest quality jazz bands, blues, classical music. Um. Now, these are all different cultural aspects of Lithuania. And, you know, most countries have some version of sports and food and music and things like that. And I... Uh, call my tours cultural tours with a focus on photography so we always have our cameras with us but we're out seeking these cultural aspects of these destinations uh, and we certainly do that here in the Baltics um, so we're talking about non-photographic things but of course everything can be photographed so we've exactly. always got our cameras with us for sure right it's true absolutely right now as far as the the people in Lithuania go with regards to photography is there uh, a better way to approach the Lithuanian people? Do they expect to be tipped? Um, are they open to being photographed? How does that work? Um, like in every place nowadays, um, you have to be careful when you are taking a picture of a person, especially kids. Um, because mostly parents do not want their kids to be photographed. Unless they're asking where you will put these pictures. Mm, I think like every way, you know, just you see how person is reacting. If uh, he or she doesn't pay attention that you are taking pictures of, let's say, the wall or window and that person comes into it, okay, I think no problem. Um, but if person sees that you are trying to take his picture and reacts in some way, it can be sometimes unpredictable. So I think you have just to follow person facial expressions and if he or she doesn't like so better not to do it sometimes uh, they can start to shout or just ask um, where you will put my face pay me because I will be you know used in commercial or somewhere else so it's better to avoid such people yeah, and I can understand that because I actually had two incidents on this trip 
where uh, just the other day you and I were walking around Vilnius and mm-hmm. we saw a poster at a Cuban restaurant of a woman that I know in Havana and she was on this poster advertising this restaurant. And then the other day I was in Tallinn, Estonia, the capital of Estonia, and I saw an advertisement, uh, I believe it was for some cultural events in Tallinn. And there was another gentleman from Cuba that I know, and he was on the poster for this event. And so you wonder, you know, are these people being paid advertising rates for these things? Are they just being... Uh, sort of taken advantage of, and I can understand, and I'm hearing more and more, uh, even in very rural areas of the world, such as the outback of Morocco, let's say, and you know people are okay being photographed, but they say no Facebook, no Facebook. Yeah, so, the same is in Iran, the same uh-huh. is in Iran. They're asking not to put in Facebook, that others wouldn't see, actually, for this reason. Yeah. So it's, uh, unfortunately, it's kind of understandable. And, and I, I always try to put myself in the position of the, the subject. And even amongst our group, when people are photographing me, for whatever reason, uh, I, I don't like to be on that side of the camera. So I really try to be very culturally aware when it comes to photographing people. And I'm always um, taking into account what their wishes are. And if no if it's no, then it's no, and I just move on. There will always be another another uh, photo subject to photograph. Uh, do you have any final advice for our listeners who are looking to travel to Lithuania? Don't be afraid to come here. Just come and you will enjoy. It's a safe country to come. Still safe. And I hope it will be still safe for many, many years. And as one, my Italian friend said, a man can cry two times. One, once he comes to Lithuania, and the second, when he needs to leave Lithuania. <laughs> I like that. And, and it really should be, uh, it can't be overemphasized how safe this area is. Now, like in all parts of the world, I'm sure there is crime. Yeah. But <clears throat> I have never once felt unsafe walking around the streets at whatever time of day with camera gear hanging around my neck. Uh, I don't flash money or, you know, passports, wallets, gear, but I've never felt uncomfortable in any of these cities. So uh, really important to to emphasize how safe it feels here. I mean, I'm always going to use caution and street sense, but uh, I think that's a good point. Yeah, especially because, um, you know, there are not so many people. First of all, another thing is um, not only you notice that it's quite safe here. I had many other tourists from many other countries. They were always feeling safe here. That's what they love about Vilnius and all the rest of Lithuania. I think that could be a misconception too and perhaps uh, left over from, I don't know, the Soviet times that uh, you know maybe it's a little bit of the Wild West and that, there's, that it is unsafe, but... Uh, my experience is that that can't, couldn't be further from the truth. You know, we're always laughing that all bad guys left Lithuania many years ago to <laughs> United Kingdom, to Norway, or somewhere else, but they are not here anymore. <laughs> <laughs> okay, we'll leave it at that. Um, one question I like to ask all my guests is, what would you have to do if you didn't have to do anything? Oh, yeah. 
this is something to think about. Well, I wish I am in such position. Uh, then probably I still would do something good for other people. I would like to help them to improve in anything they want. It can be whether it is cooking, whether it is guiding, whether it is photography or traveling or anything else what they want. It would be um, maybe not for money purpose. It would be just for self-realization that... If I'm that lucky to have something what majority, you know, doesn't have, so maybe in this way I can try to make something good for others. And I can't imagine that you would stop being a huge proponent of Lithuania and Vilnius specifically and trying to continue to put the word out about how wonderful this part of the world is. Am I right? Yes, absolutely right, because for me it is important. I want more and more people to know about my country um, as a beautiful country, as a nice country, as it is Lithuania. <laughs> it is not Russia. It has never been Russia. And we do speak one of the oldest languages in the world and the, one of the most difficult languages in the world. Mm-hmm. I'll attest to that. <laughs> And we are so much proud because of our basketball team. We are one of the best in the world. And who knows about Lithuania? Almost no one. And when basketball starts, at least United States know about it because we do play against your team. Right, and I think uh, if I could mention one documentary that people absolutely must watch and it was recommended by you to me yes. is the other dream team oh yeah look it up on youtube find it wherever but watch this video and i think you will get a very interesting look at the history of uh, lithuania itself but also basketball in this country and uh, i can't I can't recommend that documentary enough what uh, do you have any special tips, uh, final you know uh, recommendations for people? I know you talked about an app that uh, has to do with Lithuania. What's what's that about? Yeah, mostly the most popular ones is Vilnius Tourism applications. From comes from Vilnius Tourism office, so just look for Vilnius Tourism, Vilnius uh, map offline, visit Vilnius. So just if you open website www.vilnius-tourism.lt, you will find all possible applications. So just try to find it and come here. Yeah, and those apps are really great for talking about events and things to see and do and restaurant recommendations. And, uh, you know, they're really, really special. Yeah, and we also do have... Since last year, Vilnius photo map. And in this photo map creation, I was invited to participate as guide and photographer. The only woman, I'm very proud of that. Wow. It was... Um, Tell us about that project. It was by Vilnius Tourism and Information Office and Canon Lithuania. Canon Lithuania. Exactly, yes. And they sponsored this. And yes, what was so it? It was uh, photographers like yourself out there or uh, talking... Uh, explain it, would you? It was, um, I was invited as a guide photographer. Mm-hmm. 
And other photographers are professional photographers um, just to create um, Vilnius photogenical places map. So a map uh, with uh, photography representing these different parts of Vilnius, is that right? Yes, and for example, that foreigners, or not only foreigners, if they come to Vilnius and they want to look for something nice, something different, but still they have no time to discover it by themselves, so they just can open this map and they can go to these places. All places are marked. Hmm. And you can send it also. There is application form for mobile phones and you just can follow your mobile and you can go to these places and you can try to make the same picture or you can try to look for some different angle. Of now, course, there, different light. Sure. Is there a specific URL for that or website to go to? And if you um, don't know, it we also goes through it. just uh, Vilnius uh, tourism uh, website, or okay. if you just write in Google Vilnius photo map, you okay. will find it uh, immediately. Great. It's in PDF or just mobile version. Great. And we'll try to put a, a link to that in our show notes. Well, Orinta, thank you very much for your time and for telling us about Lithuania, Iran, a little bit about Turkey. I appreciate your being on the show. Thank you very much. Thanks, everyone, for listening to this week's episode of the Traveling Image Makers podcast. I hope you enjoyed my conversation with Orinta as much as I did. We'll put all of her contact information in the show notes so that you can follow Orinta's photography and travels and even hire her as a guide should you be in Lithuania. And remember, if you'd like to find out more about me, please visit our website at photoenrichment.com. And you can find me and my company on all the social networks by searching for at Ralph Velasco and at Photo Enrichment. I do have one trip I'd like to briefly let you know about, and that's to Mexico's Copper Canyon, which is bigger and deeper than the Grand Canyon in the U.S., and it has one of the great train rides of the world right through it, along with the Tarahumara Indians, a truly fascinating culture. You can visit our website for more information on that trip if you'll just look for tours. To see what Ugo's up to, simply go to ucphoto.me or Google his name. Now, let's get out and shoot. <laughs>